We live in a culture that gives work a bad rap. And at least according to one country song I know, people just can't wait until happy hour so they can call it quits for the day. But I'm here to tell you that while it may be five o'clock somewhere, it's also 9 a.m. somewhere and time to work. And work is good. Keep listening to feel a whole lot better about your daily checklist. You are listening to Work Is Good, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. Raise your hand if you've ever had a difficult job. I'm just going to take a wild guess here and say that you have. Perhaps there were only parts to it that made it difficult, or maybe you actually dreaded going to work every day. Maybe it was a job that just wasn't aligned with your strengths, or it clearly highlighted all your weaknesses. Quick story, I once worked in a customer service role in which I excelled, only to discover that during slow season, I was required to work in another department where I most definitely did not excel. I ended up breaking a machine and standing in an uncomfortable position to reach my work at a table, which wasn't quite the height my five foot nine self needed. When a coworker noticed my situation and brought me a chair, another coworker went to my boss to say that it wasn't fair to everyone else who didn't have chairs, so my boss took my chair away. Ouch, literally. Sadly, stories like these are plentiful, but guess what? They don't mean that work itself is bad. In fact, you guessed it, work is good. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this inaugural episode of the Work is Good podcast. But before I continue with the show, since this is our very first episode, I want to take just a minute to share who I am and what you can expect from this podcast going forward. In case you missed it, my name is Kristen Eifeldano, and I've been a virtual assistant since 2012. For the past few years, I've been primarily serving entrepreneurs, especially online business owners, helping with their websites, email marketing, social media, podcasts, membership sites, and my personal favorite, online courses. Even more recently, I've started mentoring and training aspiring virtual assistants in a free Facebook group as well as through the Upward VA Roadmap, which is my online course for women interested in starting their own virtual assistant business. The idea for this podcast has been on my mind for a while now because, number one, I truly believe work is good and a gift from God, but it's way too easy to lose sight of that. And number two, I have a growing burden to help women use their gifts for God's glory. And number three, being in the online business industry, I know for a fact how effective a podcast can be in giving value to those out there searching for it and listening to it. In other words, I help clients with their podcasts and I want to get in on the action. So here's what you can expect from the Work is Good podcast. In each week's episode, you'll enjoy relevant listening on a wide variety of topics, each applying to work and life, and I'll be following a specific formula as much as I can, which is basically this. I want to help you look deeper, look upward, and then keep moving forward. 
If you're ready to start a podcast of your own, let me just tell you that the right tools make all the difference. Go to workingupward.com forward slash how I podcast, and you'll learn all about my podcasting tips, tools, and process, as well as get a link to use that gives you a $20 Amazon gift card in your second month of Buzzsprout hosting. You'll also help support the Work is Good podcast, which I greatly appreciate. Again, that's workingupward.com forward slash how I podcast. Now, we live in a culture that gives work a bit of a bad rap. I mean, I love a good Alan Jackson song every now and then, but his five o'clock somewhere song isn't exactly the most work-friendly. The core message is, hey, work stinks, but maybe a little alcohol will help me get through it. And let's not forget the popularity of the Office TV show. Why do you think that was so popular? Because most everyone can relate to bad bosses and difficult coworkers. As Christians, we aren't immune to any of these difficult parts of work. Even here in my dream job, working at home, there are difficult parts. Sure, I have flexibility, but I also have extra responsibility and the extra challenge of being my own boss and growing my own business while managing work-life balance. However, we have a distinct mindset advantage when we remember this very important truth. Work was not part of the curse that came with the fall of mankind, on that life-altering day when Adam and Eve first deviated from God's perfect plan. Work was actually part of God's original blessing. To begin our deeper look at the nature of work according to God's original plan, let's go to the very beginning, in the words of Julie Andrews, a very good place to start. I'm talking about the book of Genesis. Here I'm going to highlight some incredibly amazing truths we often tend to forget while moving through our daily checklist. I'd like to give a special shout out to theologyofwork.org, which is one of my favorite go-to resources to learn what God says about work and how it integrates with our faith. The articles and resources on their website played a prominent role in inspiring the purpose of this podcast, and most definitely today's episode. So let's look at truth number one, God himself works, and work is good. Okay, the very first thing we learn about God is that he works. Now, if God works, we know work is good, right? It has to be. Take a look at the familiar passage, and you may know it by heart, Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We clearly see that God is creative, He is a visionary, and He had a plan, and He made it happen. He created something out of nothing. And you know what? It was good. It was perfect. And it's the way he started his entire message to us in the Bible. And you know what else? He still works. In Isaiah 64, 4, we find this description of God. No eye has seen a God besides you who works for those who wait for him. This goes along with 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord run through the earth to show himself strong for those who trust him. And let's not forget Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The NIV translates that as his good purpose. And friends, there are many more Bible passages where those come from that remind us that God is still working on our behalf. I didn't even cover his most amazing work displayed in his son's work on the cross. God is a God of work. 
and that fact alone is enough to assure us that work is indeed good. Truth number two, we're the ones who made work hard. Yep, if work started out so good, how did it get so hard? If you'll recall, Adam and Eve didn't sit on a flowery couch in the garden and watch Netflix all day. Before they sinned, they were given work to do, and just like everything else God created, it was good. In Genesis 1, we see that God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God created everything and then put Adam and Eve in charge of continuing the work he started. In Genesis 2, we read that the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to fill it and to keep it. Incidentally, the Hebrew word there for keep is shamar, the same word we see in the famous benediction found in Numbers 624. May the Lord bless you and keep you. It means to protect and to guard. We are definitely made in God's image like we see earlier in Genesis, of course, but we're not God's. And Eve soon discovered that firsthand when she took that fateful bite of forbidden fruit and Adam joined her in their rebellion. Sin always had consequences. And for Adam and Eve and the rest of mankind, it meant thorns in the garden, sweat on the brow, pain in childbirth, and much more sorrow for all of humanity. Let's not forget that we're the ones who made work hard. It has always been intended for our good. Which leads us to truth number three. Work is God's gift to us. I'm going to be a little morbid, morbid on this one, but truthful. The book of Ecclesiastes tells us another way work is good and describes it as God's gift to us. Work is God's way of distracting us from the sadness of life. So yes, although our work was cursed in the fall, you know, the thorns, sweat, and tears, it can still help us cope with the effects of the fall. Here's what I'm talking about. King Solomon, the wisest and richest man on earth, felt it too and summed it all up in the book of Ecclesiastes, where we read how he planted vineyards, built parks, planned projects, amassed wealth, wives and servants, and summarized his thoughts about all of his work in Ecclesiastes 5, 19 through 20. Listen closely. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. How does he keep them occupied? With work. In other words, God keeps us distracted from the bad stuff in life with the joys of our labor. What kind of joys do you ask? Well, generally speaking, work allows us to earn a living, pay the bills, travel, enjoy good things, give to others, and a whole lot of other things we can do with our income. It also allows us to meet new people, hone our skills, keep our minds sharp, and enjoy a good challenge. According to research, work is also good for our health and contributes to longer life and a sense of fulfillment. Wow. Think about some, th- think about some more benefits to work, and I know you'll come up with more things that you enjoy as a result of your own work. Okay, let's move on to truth number four. God's eternal plan includes our work still. So we've been, so we've seen that God worked in his creation and from the get-go, he planned a specific role for mankind in continuing that work. And this is where it gets really beautiful. Even though we messed it up in what we refer to as the fall, 
God still has a plan for our work now and in the new heaven and new earth, which is coming before we know it. We're moving from Genesis over to Isaiah for this one, especially chapter 65 and verses 21 through 23. God is giving Israel hope in these passages and describing a a curse-free work environment in the new heaven and earth. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Now listen to Micah 4.3, which is also about the new creation. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Notice there won't be any, there won't be any more war because there's no curse. The weapons of war are going to be turned into tools for work. Sin is gone, but work is still there. Imagine with me for a moment. Some kinds of jobs won't exist for sure. No sin-related jobs like prostitution or drug dealing. But there are a few other professions we're not going to see because sin necessitates them. Jobs in law enforcement won't exist. No doctors because everyone will be healthy. Jesus is the light of the new creation, so you're not going to see any light bulb manufacturing, right? I encourage you to think on this for a while. That's the kind of daydream that is worth dreaming. And don't worry, all those jobs like doctors or law enforcement um, that are here basically because of the curse, those will, all the same skills and what God has developed in those people, he will still use in the new creation. So very fun to think about. I encourage you to um, daydream a little bit here. All right. Truth number five, our work reflects God's plan of redemption. Before the fall, work was so simple. Adam and Eve got to name the animals and garden all day. Their work consisted of producing, increasing, growing, and ordering the world around them. After sin, a whole new type of work entered the scene. Now they needed to prune the garden, remove the weeds, till the hard ground until it was soft enough to grow something else. In essence, they were fighting the effects of sin and making something bad better. This is called redemptive work, and we all do it every day. Editors fix typos and grammatical errors. Virtual assistants like me battle technology glitches some days more than others. Plumbers fix really, really stinky problems, and I really could go on and on here. And every time we do a little bit of redemptive work, no matter what it is, we are reminded of the ultimate act of redemption we read about in Romans 3, 23 through 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus is our great redeemer and he reminds us of that every day in our work. Are you enjoying the Work is Good podcast? 
If this episode is helping you look deeper, look upward, and keep moving forward, please pay it forward by leaving a review on iTunes. Your review helps other women discover and enjoy this podcast too, and plays a valuable role in supporting the Work is Good podcast. Now let's recap, and keep in mind that when we recap quickly like this, you're going to see a story unfold. Truth number one, God himself works. Truth number two, We're the ones who made work hard. Truth number three, work is God's gift to us. Truth number four, God's eternal plan still includes work. And truth number five, our work reflects God's plan of redemption. Don't you just love the story these facts tell us? God has always had a beautiful plan for his work, and it includes us. Our sin changed it all, but now he is redeeming us and our work. And bonus, Our work actually plays a role in eternity. Okay, guys, I love a good list, so I'm doing a listicle, okay? We want to apply all this to our daily work in life. So here we go. Five ways God's plan affects your work today. Number one, since work is inherently meaningful, we don't have to constantly search for its meaning. And we can know for sure that no matter what we do, unless it's a profession out of alignment with God's plan, that it's not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Searching for meaning is a burden we don't have to carry. Number two, we can enjoy the fruits of our labor 100% guilt-free since God gave that to us to enjoy. Number three, we can work with hope knowing that one day our work will be sin-free. No bad bosses, no stress, no sexual harassment, no racial discrimination, no conflict, only a bountiful reward. It's coming, folks. And before we know it, if you ask me, hope changes everything as it should about the way we work. Number four, every bit of work we do is a reminder of who God is. Take the time to think about how your your work reflects the fact that you are made in God's image. And last, Every redemptive profession out there, the police officer who protects, the nurse who provides health care, the counselor who speaks truth to a heart wounded by lies is a sign that God has a redemptive plan for this world that will one day come to full fruition. Rejoice in that. Well, I trust that this episode of Work is Good was exactly what you needed to hear today. And I pray that the truth we examined here together will make a lasting impact on the way you work. To help make that happen, I have a special challenge for you. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. Go to theologyofwork.org forward slash devotions and choose a devotion to read this week. I promise you'll be blessed and encouraged to keep moving forward. Again, that's theologyofwork.org forward slash devotions. Thanks for listening to the Work Is Good podcast. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, subscribe to my podcast emails so you don't ever miss an episode. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up.